Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Hey there, my name is Christopher Perry. I'm the commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, and this is the WCHL podcast. On the other end of the phone here, we should have my very best friend in all the world, Andrew Majorkirth. Andrew, are you there? Hey, hey, hey. All righty, and tonight we have a special, special guest, and uh, we can only have him on because the WCHL season is on, is over, so uh, it's time for us to bring on a special guest. It is Chip XL, uh, one of the uh, referees. Uh, that normally does uh, all of the WCHL games when they come into town in Oklahoma. Chip, are you there? I'm here. Woohoo! Well, thank you for taking time out of your evening to talk to us. Yes. And uh, we appreciate no it. Now, Chip, you're in Tulsa. I'm in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. And there's, I mean, you have a uh, uh, an East Coast League team up there in Tulsa, but there's no college team in Tulsa. Correct. That's correct. So how in the world, tell, tell us, just give us a, a thumbnail sketch about Chip XL. How in the world does a guy who's living in Tulsa uh, get into hockey? Mm-hmm. I understand that you're, you, you, you always joke around that you're, a, you're not a redneck, you're a hillbilly because you went to the University of Arkansas. <laughs> well, I'm from Arkansas, so you can't technically call me a hillbilly. I'm, I would be, or no, a, a redneck because I am a hillbilly from, from Arkansas. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> Technically, you, you can't, and that's my claim to fame is that when players come to town, they're like, "Oh, you're just a redneck too." And I said, "No, I, I I'm not. I'm a hillbilly." And then <laughs> they quite, they, they, then they kind of get a joke out of it, and they think it's kind of funny, and that kind of lightens the mood. So that's, nice. that's what I do anyway. All right, that's, that's good stuff. So, so you're yeah. in Tulsa. How do you, how did you get into being uh, uh, an on ice hockey official? Well, I started. What what made me move to Tulsa was that I raced inline skates on a uh, actually back then was just conventional quad roller skates and then whenever inlines came in my coach lived here in Tulsa so I moved from Little Rock to here and actually got into doing uh, inline racing so I did inline for numerous years and did work skated pro circuit and then uh, got into roller hockey and from roller hockey I went to just playing men's league ice hockey. And then for extra money, I just started doing men's league. And then through the help of some other officials that I came in contact with over the years, they were like, well, you need to do high school hockey. And I did high school. And then they were like, you need to do junior hockey. And I did junior. And then it went to college. And then from there, I went to pro camp a couple of years in the Central League, back in the Central League. And uh, had the opportunity to skate in the Central League for four years and the Coast for five. So... Uh, last year I hung them up and just did college only and juniors. And that's the long and short of that one. Well, now, now let me ask you this. When you, when you said that you did four years in the central hockey league, the minor pro circuit, and then another five in the East coast hockey league, you weren't just based. I mean, you were out of Tulsa, but you went all over the place, didn't you? You just didn't do uh, games in Tulsa. I, I did. Uh, it, it's funny because most people would say, well, do you work for the Oilers? And I'm like, no, I work for the central hockey. League. I don't work for the Oilers. And same thing in the coast. You get in the coast, and they're like, oh, you work for the Oilers. I'm like, no, I work in the league. So technically, I would skate usually I'm, between here and Wichita was my two places that I went to the most. Okay. And then uh, every once in a while, I would venture down to Dallas or I'd, I'd go over to uh, Missouri and skate some games over there, just depending on where they need to be. Most of the time, I went up and down the highway to Wichita and Tulsa. That was my two my two rinks, I guess I would call it. All right, all right. And would you would you uh, wear the bands? Uh, would you be the referee no. or would you be the linesman? No, at that at that level, there you're either designated a referee or a linesman. Whereas in the junior and the college, you kind of one night you're wearing the bands, the next night you're lining. So okay. at that level, there, you know, you really need to be, you know, specific to what position you're going to work. All right, and so. Yes. 
How, how long have you been uh, doing? I know that now you do uh, ACHA games, and you've been doing them for, for a number of years, but you also do right. uh, junior games um, in the yes. Western States Hockey League. Yes. You've been I, doing I that for a number of years. My first, juniors, my first set of games in juniors was in the North American Hockey League. My first set of junior games was in the North American, and I did a couple games in uh, Dallas, and I worked a few games in, the, in Wichita Falls, Texas. Okay. And then uh, then after that, I really, I just, there used to be a junior team here in Tulsa. So I was doing the Western States here. And I've always been one of their, their main officials. And I enjoy it. I've got to know a lot of people across the country. And, and uh, you know, it, it's a fraternity just like, you know, the players have their fraternities. The officials do too. And you go all, as a as a ACHA official, you mostly stay confined to the Oklahoma, Arkansas area, but with, when it comes to the Western States league, you go all over the place. Yeah. With the juniors, uh, I've skated in the, the finals, the Thorn Cup finals for the last, I want to say three years, I think maybe four, I can't remember, but I've been to, you know, Alden, El Paso. Uh, I did a, I did a series in Seattle, Washington in January. I've gone to, to, uh, Colorado a number of times, you know, basically same same thing, but I do travel with the Western States uh, more than I do as far as the coast goes. The coast is more regional. Okay. All right. Very nice. And now, Chip, how long have you been doing uh, college games, ACHA games? Man, you know, I did I did the coast for, well, between minor pro I did for nine years. So prior to that, I probably did, well, the first year that, that Arkansas had, a ACHA team. I did the scheduling for their officiate for their officials. I still do the, the scheduling on those guys. And I know that they've been in, this is their 11th year, I think. Wow. So I've done college for at least 11 years and juniors. I was doing prior to that. So well, I would say probably 13, 14 years in the junior ranks and probably, you know, 11 or 12. I would say in the college ranks. Okay. All right. Very nice. And that's at all yeah. levels because Arkansas was division three there for when they started and then they went to division right, one. Right. Right. And now they're back to division three. So. Now they're back to division three. And I know that you do Oklahoma and uh, central Oklahoma games and they're division right. one. Uh, right. Correct. Do you do any others? Uh, I have been asked to do some Missouri, Missouri state games, but they're scheduled out of a different city. So I really don't have an option on that. I did do uh, ACHA Nationals last year and uh, in Frisco, and that was, you know, that was a good time, you yeah. know. And, and it's really just about seeing different teams and, and seeing your friends really more so. I mean, there I was only a- allowed to do the D3 level because the uh, program guys always do the D1, which I understand that, you know, they're, they're on their way up and doing their thing. But, but you know, I enjoyed it all the way around. As long as I'm working with different officials, you know, that, that's my main thing. Yeah. Very, very nice. And I know that, yeah. um, you, you've, uh, when people come to town, you've done games here, you know, the Oklahoma and central Oklahoma, they're part of our, our little conference, the Western collegiate hockey league. And so you get to see, you know, those guys quite a bit, but you also get to see their opponents right. quite a bit when they come to town, Arizona, Arizona state, Colorado, Colorado state, right. Missouri Correct. state. And, yeah. um, I, I know that you've kind of, uh, got a good relationship. I, least from what i hear you've got a good relationship with most of those guys yeah uh you know i i see a lot of the coaches a lot of them will come to the, actually the western state showcase in las vegas in december every year and uh you know they they put on a really good uh showcase and you know those coaches i've gotten to be pretty good friends with over the years the arizona coach uh he i've seen him a few times colorado state uh you know, Colorado, all those guys, you know, you just run into and, and the next thing you know, you know, you're hanging out with them in, in Las Vegas and, and it's kind of a different, it's fun there because the element's a little different, you know, I'm kind of controlling the game and, and the aspects and you really don't get to be chummy with them. Whereas if you're off ice in Vegas, now you get time to pick their brain, they pick your brain, you know, and you know, the Midland coach, me and him are pretty good guys and we get along really well and, and he's not afraid to voice his opinion to me and and I voice my opinion to him, but we all we all understand that, you know, we keep it on a professional level. And it's just the fact that, you know, we agree to disagree on a lot of things. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm there to do a job. They're there to do a job. And so, you know, you know, I take it in stride. And, 
I may have not one of my best games, and if they give it to me and I've earned it, then I'm going to have to eat it. But in the same regards, if I'm right and you're wrong, then you got to eat it. So <laughs> kind of goes both ways. <laughs> it goes both ways. That's right. It does go both ways. So, you know. Well, so so tell me about that. I mean, how's that? What's that dynamic like? Because when you're on the ice, and and I guess one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, Chip, is to kind of talk about the game or what it's like to from a game from a different perspective. Because on on this podcast, we've talked to coaches before, we've talked to players before, but we've you're the first official that we've had on, and I got to believe that. Um, you know, we already know that there's an antagonistic relationship between the two teams. Both teams, you know, they're trying to achieve the same goal. They want to win. And your goal is to, you know, make, not to make that happen, but to make that happen as fair as possible. Right. And to allow the two teams to win. But at times it seems as if officials, you know, sometimes get in the, uh, in the crosshairs of coaches, players, and that's going to be difficult for you guys. Well, you know, the thing better in what the, the, the deal that I've always told officials coming up, especially young officials, because I try and help out as much as I can and guide them. And, and, you know, the thing about it is, is that coming into a game and what I've always preached to everybody, as well as one of my, my good friends that officiates out of Oklahoma City, uh, based on our pro experience, we bring, we try and bring the same atmosphere in a pro game as we do in a junior and, and the college ranks, you know, if, if I know I'm going to have a UCO in Lindenwood or a UCO and OU series, you know, all the way down, I mean, you treat them all the same. I mean, it doesn't matter if Arkansas's D3 team's coming to play UCO. At the end of the day, you know pretty much what the outcome's going to be, but you, you, you want to treat them all the same. You don't want to go around, and I've seen some people puff their chest out and be like, oh, well, you know, it's just this team, or oh, it's just this league, or whatever, but we try and instill in the same in the people. You go through the same thing. We're supposed to be there an hour and a half before the game, and that goes to a pro game, to a college game, to a junior game. You do the same warm up, do the same routine, and you treat that game the same. If you don't, it will jump up and bite you, you know. And and that's what I try to tell people, you know. And same thing on the standards, you know. I call a certain standard in my game, whereas a lot of other officials may they can't call my standard, or they call a different standard. And that's just how they control their game. And, you know, people don't like to use the word game management, but at the upper levels, and when I say upper levels, I'm meaning junior college and and pro or minor pro, you do have to have game management. There are certain situations where you make a call here, you may may not call there. It just depends on the scoring opportunity or if it's stick plays involved or, you know, what you're looking for. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different things. You know, the the NHL is really – protected the goalies as of late and you know it's one of those things that you just don't get in the crease and if you if you come in the crease and you make contact and it's avoidable contact you're going to get the call it's going to be cold but now if your goalie's coming out to make a play and he's outside of his crease and the guy makes contact and they're both going for the puck you know at that point you're just kind of you know it, it's it's game management you know and it also has to do with the official or the official and the goalies as well if a goalie's got <laughs> history if a goalie's got history and you know that goalie, and he comes out and he makes forcible contact on a player. You know you're not going. You know you're not going to get that call. And that and the official that recognizes that he's going to understand that and let the team know. Listen, he came out and made that contact. You can't. I can't penalize this guy because he's trying to make an effort on a play, and your goalie makes contact with him when he really should have been where he, you know, shouldn't have been where he's at. Interesting. Does that makes sense. Oh yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. It makes an awful lot of sense. You mentioned just a bit ago about uh, you. You have a certain standard, and other uh, officials, you know, they do their games and their standard. What's the Chip XL standard? Uh, well, people <laughs> people will tell you that that I'm pretty vocal on the ice, and and you you know this, and 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 most coaches that do know me, they know my standard as far as I'll let you play hockey. I'm not going to call every ticky tack penalty because let's face it it's all about the fans and they want to see a good game and and hockey is you know the greatest sport ever played and and it's only because of that because of the almost controlled violence that is on the ice and you know it's it's one of those things that if i called every penalty that i saw on the ice we'd be here all night long and i said no one wants to see a three-hour game you know we want some flow you want the movement to go but 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 if if i'm vocal i mean i'm six one 
225, so I've got a pretty good present on the ice. So at my size, if I'm vocal, I can get your attention pretty quick. But some officials that may not have that same stature, their standard may be a little tighter right from the get-go so that they get control of the game. Because really, in our world, if you lose control of the game in the first period, you you can't reel it back in. If you go out and call a loose standard in the first period, and you come back and go, well, I'm going to call everything in the second period, you're really doing an injustice to the teams because the teams don't know that you're going to change your standard, and it's not fair to them. And that's where coaches get upset is the coaches – I've had them ask me when I'm lining a game versus wearing the bands one night to the next. It's like, you know, Chip, we just don't know what he's going to call. You know, we know with your standard what we're going to get from you. But with some of these guys, and that really has to do with with guys that are fairly new to the situation in the ranks. You know, they've got to earn their stripes, and they've got to develop their style for officiating. And that's the the comment I have with everybody whenever we're having lunch before a game. Like, listen, you can't come in and call your game like I call my game because they don't know you. The coaches don't know you. I said, and and it it really plays into an effect of that. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, listen, if, if the night before I wear the bands and we've got a pretty chippy game and it's pretty chippy on my standard, that means you can bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow it's going to be probably even chippier if they don't know the official because they're, they're going to test the waters and see where it's at. And and I've run into that quite a bit. And here lately I've run into it with some, some younger officials and they had to pay for it. I mean, trust me, it was long games and a lot of pims and, you know, the players just don't, you know, you want to make sure the players understand what you're going to call. And, and really, you know, I had a coach the other night, he said, and, and he was absolutely right. He just said, I just want consistency. And, and that's all they ever want is consistency. Now, at this level, you're not going to get consistency every night because you're dealing with, you got developmental players with developmental officials. So, you know, this is where you earn your stripes. I mean, we, we We'd all like to think that we could work in NHL, but those are the best of the best. So, yep. and I've had I've had the uh, the opportunity to work with some guys coming up through the minor pros that are now in the NHL, and, and I still pick their brain when I talk to them. You know, ask them what what they want, what the NHL standard is, what they're looking for, and those kind of things. So it, it's an evolution, definitely. One of the things that I like about you, Chip, is uh, just what you said earlier is um, you do tend to talk a lot on the ice, and it's not just for no good reason. You're telling guys that you see things, and to stop it, you're you're explaining why you called a certain call or if you missed a certain call, and you're not afraid right. to uh, go talk to a coach. Um, you know, if, if they're going to be civil and, um, in, um, uh, not courteous, but you know, if they're going to be respectful, I guess is the word they don't have to agree right. with you, but as long as they're respectful and have a decent, uh, conversation as opposed to, uh, you know, screaming and trying to well, show you up, then you'll, you'll sit there and you'll talk to them and explain what you saw and you'll hear them out. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'll be the first to tell you, and I tell this to all the officials as well, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes and, that's what makes this game so good is that, that it's imperfect. It's an imperfect world we live in. And, and the same thing in hockey. I mean, if I'm looking at 10 guys carrying, you know, sticks in a controlled violent game and the pucks around the corner and some guy cross checks a guy up on the boards and I'm not looking in that general vicinity. Yeah. I'm going to miss it because I can't see everything. And for the most part, the players understand that. And like I tell some players for everyone, that I missed, you got away with one somewhere. <laughs> so trust me, I, I, we all know they ain't running around with little wings on the back of their shirt. <laughs> they're not little angels. And if they're not trying to get away with something, then they shouldn't be playing the game because that's, yeah. at the end of the day, that's yes. what it's about. Is about it, It's almost like chess. You're trying to get that gained advantage. And, you know, like I tell people, even, even if I, uh, you know, like you said, being vocal, and it, it, and it may not be any more than just calling the guy's name out i mean we got a certain we're a certain goaltender around that i know <laughs> that all i got to do is say his name and he knows he hears me he knows and, he, and as i skate by he'll give me the nod like yeah i got you because i'll just let him know hey look i see you so don't stop you know don't do what you're doing and at the end of the day to be honest with you 
I, I may just say their name just to let them know that, hey, I'm looking at you. So knock it off. Or if there's a situation where a player thinks that they've got wrong, like maybe got boarded or a hook, and I'll go, you know, I just a lot of times tell them good hit. <laughs> you know, on the hit when it comes, I'm like, that's a good hit. Really what I'm telling is the person that feels like that they got fouled, that I saw it, and I've got a good hit. So there's, if you retaliate, I'm going to get you. You know, that's because I'm looking at it. And don't think that I won't look. I mean, I'm looking at the bat play all the time. If anybody, any coaches out there, if you ever get my name on the back of the jersey, you better look because I am looking at the back play every time. And I've got people, I've got the coach for, for Ogden and the juniors. He knows that I watch back play. And, and the coach in El Paso, he knows that I watch line changes. So if you're going for a line change and you think you're going to be sneaky and slash a guy in the back of the legs as you're going for a line change, you're probably going to get a two-minute minor for slashing. And it doesn't matter if the play's at the other end of the ice because I am looking. you know. But them coaches know me. And so by that standard being said, they know they're going to go in the locker room and go, hey, this, this referee is not going to take any of your BS. If you get a two-minute penalty, you better go sit down because if you think you're going to show him up, he's probably liable to slap a 10 on you. That's <laughs> it. But, and I think yeah, all the talking goes a long ways too, right? It's, you know, Chris and I have been around a lot and uh, we hear you yelling and screaming at the guys and, and talking to them. And, you know, especially like around the front of the net when, when guys are grappling around the goalie and stuff like that, right. you know, most guys will start calling penalties right away. Whereas the first couple of times you'll come in and, and start yelling at them and saying, Hey, knock it off. Don't do that. Whatever it is. Right. And I think that goes a right. long ways for respect well, both ways for the players. Right. I, I pretty start out with, you're you're pretty much gonna you're you're gonna see one coincidental a game pretty much on me, but after the first Quincy, then I will tell the team I'm taking differentials from here on out because in my world in a lot of the referees world, coincidentals don't don't do anything. No. Period. Yeah, I mean, players know it. Quint- oh, he always gonna call the Quincy. Well, that don't do anything because now we're even strength anyway. If you put a team down. Now the coach is going to go, I got a 50-50 chance of being either shorthanded or on the power play, so just knock it off. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll come in in a scrum, and I'll tell people, I've got nothing. And I'll be yelling, I've got nothing. And after the second time, I got nothing. The next one is a differential. So, in other words, you better be listening because if you pop a guy, once we get there, I'm taking you. And the first thing I tell the coach is, I told him twice, I've got nothing. And then your guy decided he wanted to punch the guy in the face, so now I got a two minute minor for a rep. Now, what's what's easier for you guys when you're getting getting ready for a game? What's easier in your routine if you got a big rivalry game like what you came off of this weekend with OU and UCO, where you know it's gonna right. be heated, it's gonna be a battle for sixty minutes, or you get two teams like say like an OU and a let's just throw out like a Minot State or something that you don't know okay. what these teams are gonna do. That even right. you don't know if it's going to be a rivalry heated game or if it's going to be a snooze fest. What's what's your mindset going into that? Well, coming into my games, I always research the teams anyway. I'm always looking to see if, if I've got a team that there's a potential a potential blowout. Say UCO is playing. Oh, they really that division is so tough down here that you really don't have any potential for blowout. So we'll say uh, we'll say a UCO Midland. I know that I know the Midland team and I know the coach that he's generally going to have a really physical team. So I know there's going to be a lot of hitting. <laughs> so I may tell my linesman, all right, here's the deal. I want you in as fast as you can on a stoppage. And the reason being is that because there's going to be a lot of physical play. And what I'm going to tell the teams is right off the bat, I'm going to let a few, as soon as the, as soon as the cover, the puck's covered, I'm going to make my whistle blown. And once I blow the whistle, now I'm looking to go, all right, what do we got? For the most part, the teams that know me, and, and this goes to across now most of the teams do know me, even those coaches are going to tell their teams, hey, you're not going to get nothing over on this referee. He's going to take you if you do something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so I do have – I have kind of a – I do have a, a kind of a pretty good thing going as far as the coaches know me and they know my style of game. And, uh, you know, we, we had a game – Oh, a couple weeks ago, with it was Lindenwood. No, you was in town, and it was getting a little bit chippy in the second period, and and it was a penalty called against Lindenwood, and and it was an elbow, and the player proceeded to tell me how good I was, and he used a, a couple 
you know, uh, description of words. <laughs> and so I, I went, I went right to a team, which I don't like to call Tim, but the reason why I did that was I sent a message to that team and the OU that I was done with all the mountains. Yep. You want, I don't care what you call each other. I could care less. I'm here to referee a hockey game and I don't care who wins. There's a lot of times we don't even know what the score is when we go in the locker room. I have to ask what the score is because I don't look at that stuff. But if you're going to tell me how good I am and I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to put up with it. So at the end of the day, when I do things like that, it's sending a message to the players that, okay, he's, he's not happy now. So you better take your two minute minor and sit down because it can turn into a 12 minute minor. Yeah. Sit down and be quiet. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I just tell, I mean, we, we know coming in the game, both. I mean, I've never worked with any guys that have come in and just take it lighthearted because they know, first off, they've probably already been pre-warned that, look, we're working with, with Chip tonight and, and he's professional through and through. And if, cause here's the deal at the end of the day, <laughs> if you don't think I don't get on my guys, just like I got got on by supervisors over the years or, or other officials, if you're not doing your job, I will tell you. I'm, that's your job, not my job. Don't make me do your job because I've got yeah. enough going on anyway. And so for the most part, we all have a respect because we all respect the game anyway. And we, we don't we don't ever set out to have a bad game. I mean, it does happen sometimes. Um, but, you know, the games with the, the Oak City and the or the OU and the, the uh, UCO games, you usually get up for those mentally because the crowd keeps you in it. It's a big yeah. crowd. It's a rivalry game. So you – you want to go out there and kind of peacock around. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, Chip, you you mentioned uh, you know that sometimes you you ref and sometimes you do the line at this at this stage. Wh- which do you prefer? Well, besides the um, difference in money, any, obviously the referees get any, paid a little bit difference. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm a linesman by trade, and the only reason I'm a linesman by trade is because. I don't mind being in the middle of it. In fact, I prefer being in the middle of it um, only because I just like the physical. I like to get in there and if we have to break up the scrum, I don't mind it. I, I, I enjoy being challenged, not in a sense of being challenged one-on-one, but it, but in challenged to do my job and do the best I can at it. Um, but I do, I do enjoy repping only because of the fact that Hey, I'm not in the kill zone, which is what I call being a linesman is because it seems like you're either getting hit with a puck or you're getting hit with a player or a stick's hitting you or something because you're in the kill zone on the blue lines. But I do like having a little bit of the control of the game because I feel like that I just want to, you know, I challenge myself as well. I mean, especially in a, in an ACHA D1 game, you know, you know, that, that game is pretty fast in, in this division. Every night, game in, game out, is is a pretty good hockey game. And if you don't do your job and you don't challenge yourself, you could run into a pickle where, you know, it's it, it doesn't take long for a game to get out of hand. Yeah. So I guess if it, you know, my claim to fame is lining, and lining is like, I mean, I can do that. I mean, that's like getting up in the morning. You know, I've done it for so many years, and I've worked with so many great officials, and and I've been tutored by so many great officials and supervisors. That those things, they're, you know, they really challenge me. But I do think I feel like now I've got a lot to give back to the linesmen that want to listen. And, and, you know, we're always learning as referees. But I feel like I do a pretty fair job on the, on the bands. And uh, I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I mean, it is about the money. But, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me ask this. You, you've been, you've been uh, doing ACHA games now, like you said, since Arkansas has been uh, – uh, around since uh, for that's almost eleven years you said right um, right have you noticed from from eleven years ago to now a difference in the quality of the ACHA game I know that there's a difference between ACHA Division three and ACHA right. Division one and yeah and, and you you can you can tell me if I'm wrong but to me that's quality of the player and the number the depth of that quality. At Division One, well, they might have a really good player. At Division, I mean, at Division Three, they might have one really good player. Whereas at Division One, they'll have a whole team of really good players. Division Three, they might yeah, have one know, line. Division at Division One, they'll have a whole. All of the lines are good. Well, you know, and I, you know, you can go look at the records and things of that nature. I mean, look at look. I mean, let's just say, look at look at Arkansas last year. They were D one, and this year they went to D three. 
and uh, they uh, and and they had a lot of returning players from the D one that went to the D three. And I think this year, I think they've only lost like three games all season. That's right. Number, so if you, if number you one in their if region. If you don't think that they're, yeah, if you don't think that there is a difference between the D1 and the D3 team, I mean, you're sadly mistaken. I mean, D, D1, D1 ACHA, those guys could play NCAA D3. There's a lot of guys that I've seen come through. I mean, I've seen some guys come out of ACHA and go play in the Southern Pro and the ECHL. So, you know it, it, it. You know it's. Let's face it. Some of the boys they want to go to school. Yep. They're there for a degree. I mean, and it, and that's what they're there for. And they get to oh by the way play hockey. Yeah. So you know, it, and that's that. That's why. And I think it goes all the way across the board from the Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Colorado State, the Lindenwood, you know, the Missouri State. You've got guys on those teams, and I've seen a lot of hockey players come through. And you got some guys with some real talent. I mean, you know, this year, I mean, how I many? Oh, you graduated, I think, eight seniors. Yeah, eight seniors. Those yep. eight, those those eight Division One seniors, they're solid hockey players. I mean, and, and and I just, I just, I appreciate the fact, and I feel be honored to be on the ice with those guys. I mean, over the years, I mean, let's face it, we're referees and they're players, and we don't always see the eye, but. But when I've seen some of these players for four straight years, you know, though, that, you know, you you do have a bond you know, that's with them, and, and you know, I still keep up with a lot of players through other, you know, various social medias that that we still have stayed in touch over the years. I've been friends with with guys all over the country, you know, and so I think it's a mutual respect. I mean, even though we can be one minute in each other's, you know, in each other's, you know, throats, and then after the game come up and and shake your hand and say how much they respect you, you know, and it goes, it goes both ways. Yeah. You know, both those programs down that I do, well, all three programs, they do a really good job. I mean, they, they, they disciplined and, and, and brought along some really great young men. And, and I think they, they do a, a really good job at what they do, their programs. Chip, what, what is it that people, just the regular fans, the fans in the stands, what is it uh, that they, uh, don't understand about officials. What's a popular misconception that they have about officials? Uh, you know, you know, it, I ran into it cause I listen to a lot of, I replay a lot of my games and I'll, I'll go in and watch a lot of games and you know, you get, and, and, it, and it, it's just the, it's the knowledge of the game. You know, I get, you know, I'll listen to commentators, even on the play by the color play. And, you know, they're like, you know, they'll make a comment like, oh, yeah, XL's out of position again. And I'm like, you don't understand what I'm doing. You don't understand why I have to be here. First off, there is nobody on the face of this planet that can keep up with a puck when you pass it from a goal line to a blue line. Yeah. So you're not going to catch up to that puck. And if you are even with that puck coming into a zone or whatever, you are going to miss stuff behind the play every time. So... Uh, a really good friend of mine, um, his name is uh, Michael McCurry, and and I we've we've been really really good friends for years and years. And his father happens to be Bill McCurry, and and I always pick Mike's brain on what his father, you know, how he and and one of the things he always told me was, it's okay to be one zone back. He goes because you want to keep the play in front of you. If you got people dangling behind you then, you know, that's okay as long as your linesmen are watching those players. And and that's where you come into communication with the with your lineys because they gotta understand your job as well as you gotta understand their job. And I think the thing the misconception with a lot of the, the fans that are watching the game, because here trust me, if I could sit in the stands and have a headset on and talk to referee on the ice, I could see way more than when you're on the ice. Because when you're on the ice and you're looking through ten guys and like I said, I'm six one, so I'm six three on the ice. So I got a pretty good vantage point. But when you get a referee that that may not be tall in stature, and he's five 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 six, he's looking through a lot of big bodies. It's hard to see that little black puck, you know. And and another thing that I tell uh, the coaches, you know, if I miss a penalty, I'll go tell the coach, hey, you know, I missed that one. Here's the deal: if I'm on the same side of the ice that you're on, I probably see that. Because there's a hooking. If a guy's got his body between me and the player, now I'm looking through the defender and the guy with the puck. 
and he's got a stick wrapped around the guy. I can't see where that, that stick is. Where if I'm on the other side of the ice, now I can see the guy's blade of the stick and whether he's stick checking somebody or if he's hooking somebody. It all depends on, it's kind of the luck of the draw where you're at. You know, a lot of people don't like four man, but a lot of people like three man. You know, it, it, there's so many particulars that goes into that and variables, but it's going back to the fan thing, you know, I like the bantering of the fans. I think it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun for the game as long as they don't make it personal. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, they got to understand the rules first. I mean, I've had, I've had a fan come out of the stand and yelling at me at UCO uh, through the netting. You know, I got to call that penalty and I just kind of look up at them. Like I don't call penalties. I'm a linesman. You know, and that's, <laughs> that's your biggest thing is that they just don't understand the rules, you know, but you know, if they, they need to be educated, I'll be more than happy to educate them, but you know, I can't do it right then, you know, so it, it is what it is. It, you just kind of take it in stride. But, but like I said, it, it's really easy to be an armchair quarterback. You know, I mean, how many times do we do that on Sunday? Watching oh, the football game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's good. It's going to be difficult to be out there on the ice, as you said, with uh, you know twelve guys, ten guys going back and forth, skating on and off, and uh, the the puck's moving all the dang time. And you've got to you know look out uh, not only for where the puck is, but also for uh, what's going on, as you say, behind the play. And it's that's yeah. you know, you've only got two you know one set of eyes. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. We we do have our little tricks of knowing. You know, if you've done it long enough, you know when it's coming. You know when the retaliatory is coming. I mean, it don't matter. And if you, over the years, and it's not a bad thing, because just like the players know you as an official, you know the players. There are certain players that you got to watch. When that number is on the ice, you better you better be conscious that he's on the ice, because if you're not, he's gonna he's gonna get one somewhere. <laughs> it happens. I mean, you know, and that's just that may be his job. But you just got to be, you know, aware of your the present. Has there been an instance, Chip, where there's one of those players that you, you're on the lookout for and uh, he surprised you? He's done the exact opposite of what you expected him to do? Um, yes and no. Uh, we had a situation in this last weekend in the series when the game – the, the game never really got out of reach, but there was a there was a point where the game was pretty much done, and he happened to be on the ice, and I gave him a glance, and I said his last name, and he looked at me, and as soon as he looked at me, he nodded. He knew exactly what I was saying, <laughs> and all I was saying is, "Don't be stupid." Like, hey, stay out of it. And and I've told people that you know and that's that's the thing too is it. We do, we do kind of coach on the ice as well, or a good official, I think, does. Because there's times when something will happen, and you're like, hey, man, he didn't mean to do that. So we, we got nothing. And, and for the most part, they respect me enough to go, man, it's good. You're good. You know, because they, they know that you're keeping an eye on them. But at the end of the day, you want them to stay out of it. Or if you got a, a skilled player and, you know, and, and the relative dum-dums on the ice for the other team, you know, it's like if you go in a scrum, you got to stay out of that. You know, that's not your job, and that they know. <laughs> but it, it does. You get the some players they they you, you watch them progress through the season, and like at the first of the season, they want to come out and hit everything that moves, and and sometimes they catch them, you know, with a with a bad hit or a good hit or whatever. But as the season goes on, of you talking to them and talking to them, you know, they keep their arms down, they keep their elbows in, you know. And it really, it, at this level here, there's a lot of difference in height. You get guys that are, you know, six five, six six on the ice. And when they hit, they've got to keep their hands in because it looks so bad when they extend their hands. Yeah. And, you know, and that, that's where you got to do a little bit of coaching as well. But you got to tell the player, too, that may not be a solve. Like, well, you know, Chip, he hit me in the head. I'm like, look, if you come up to his waist, I can't penalize him because he makes contact with you when it's a clean hit, he, if he if he gets you in the side of your your head with maybe his his hip or his elbow, but he ain't flaring it. That's that's a good hit. I mean, that's why there's checking. It's called a check. So if he's not doing anything that, that is detrimental to the to the game, you know, I'd run. I'd just get out of the way if I was smaller. That's what I. <laughs> 
Let, let me let me ask let me ask this, Chip. You you mentioned earlier something about uh, some people like the three, some people like the format. What what's what uh, ref, official system does uh, Chip XL like better? And when we talk about a three man system, we're talking about one referee and two lineies versus right. a four man with two referees and two lineies. Which, which do you prefer? Well, if I got two, if I got the other referee, and he is in the that calls the same standard as me. I like it. I'm good with it. I like obviously. I like the four man in the stru- in the situational games where you know it's going to be two top ranked teams. It's super fast. They move the puck real well because, like I said before, there's times when you're going to be out of position, and you know a lot of times at the ACHA level, they don't have goal judges. So if there's a play where you're coming in transition and you come to the blue line and there's a two-on-one breakaway and there's a potential that puck goes in, in a three-man, it you kind of got to read the play to see if it goes in or not. Or if it's a four-man, you know he's on the goal line, he's going to see if that puck crosses the line. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I, I personally, I like the four-man in regards to, I think you don't get as much of the back play. I think it's more of a discipline game. But there are times when I do, I like the challenge of a three man because of the fact that I have to skate and I like to challenge myself. But, you know, as far as the coaches go, I think that all they could ever ask for is consistency. And, and sometimes at this level, it's hard to get consistency. And I, I understand, I understand what they're saying, but they got to understand too that the reason why we're doing a four man in this situation is because you have so much, there's so much potential for, something erupting in a, in a high stakes game like that. Like yeah. the UCO, the UCO OU series, I, I can't see doing a three man in that because I think there's a potential for something to break loose every time. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have one guy keeping up with the play and you gotta have a guy watching behind the play. Cause there's always something going on somewhere on the ice. Right. Well, I think if you, if you notice, if you go back and look at some of those games this weekend or this last weekend, uh, how many back play penalties were there? There, there was, there wasn't. I, I can't remember. There was only a couple, but how many would there or could there have been had there not been another set of eyes? Yeah, another set of eyes back there. Yep. Yeah, because they the players are not stupid. They know. They know. There's <laughs> another, I mean, in fact, I had one player that. It's a funny story. Is that he took a hit and it was a clean hit, and it was one of them players that over the years. That his the guy that he's going to do it. He's going to give it back. He's going to do it. And he took his hit, <coughs> play, play transitioned up the ice, and I could see by the way he was. I'm like he is fixing to do it. I knew he was like he's fixing the slashing. And all I did was just said his last name. He looked over at me and he shook his head and he skated off the line change. It the next period he came up to me before the start of the period and he goes. Man, I was fixing to slash that guy. He goes, <laughs> and then I then I heard you and he goes, I looked at you and he goes, I just went off the ice. And I said, I know. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, Man, he goes, I wanted to. I said, I know you did. <laughs> you know? And the thing of it is, we were laughing about it because it was like any other time you would have done it. And he's like, Oh yeah, oh yeah. But he goes, But when you said my name, immediately it was like, Oh no. And it isn't no, all but but that's the thing is that a lot of times the fans think that we're really getting after each other. And uh, and I said, a lot of times we were just out there talking. In fact, the other night I was walking off the ice with Austin Miller for OU, the assistant, and uh, we were going off on the end uh, towards the UCO uh, fan base. And I, we were walking off, and he was asking me a question. I said, hey, whenever you're talking to me, I need you to wave your hands in the air. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, why? And I said, because. That makes the fans think you're getting in my business. Yeah. <laughs> I said, so it makes it look good. If you're getting on me, then – you know, I'm not doing my job, and I said it just makes the fans get involved in it. And he started laughing, so he puts his hands in the air and he's throwing them around, and, and we're just talking about like playing golf or something. Other, I don't even know what we're talking about, but but you know that's the the kind of relationships you build in these, and everybody just kind of giggles and laughs about it, you know. Wild stuff, Chip. I've noticed um, uh, from the at the ACHA level, uh, we hear an awful lot of talk about how uh, they're trying to get kids once they're through playing hockey to get into officiating because um, you know the officiating base is getting older and um, mm-hmm. it's not basically replenishing the 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 pool of 
officials because there's so many kids that uh, are choosing. You know, once they're done playing, they're they're not uh, they're not going into officiating anymore. Um, I guess like they were years and years ago. What, right. what what do you think can be what can be done to um, you know I guess help guys understand that there's still a role just because you're through playing hockey and just because you've graduated and, and you have mm-hmm. uh, your, your college degree now, you can still stay in the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I've told several, whenever they had, we had a lot of junior kids come through uh, Tulsa when the junior, junior Oilers are here and even the Rampage. In fact, the, the owners of the Rampage, uh, the Wilsons, they, when they own the team here in Tulsa, they had their teams come through the USA USA refereeing seminars, not only just for refereeing, but they wanted them to understand the rules of the game, so that that during the season, if they thought that you know this should have been called or that should have been called, they don't know. But what I've also told people is, is that that's the best part-time job you can have. I said, where can you go out and and even do men's league games and make? $45 for an hour a game. I don't know many part-time jobs. You can make $45 in one hour. Ugh. I mean, and you're getting exercise. And then, you know, here's the deal. Once they start repping and they, they enjoy it. I mean, I, I do, I've, I've rep, I've been very fortunate to referee with some guys in the central league in the ECHL that were former players at high levels. And three of those players right now, or three of those ex players that are, that I worked with are in the NHL because, they they understand the game. They've got better flow. You know they they you don't have to teach them how to skate. I mean they've already got all the tools to to move their career on up. And like I said, if you still want to be involved in in the game, you know you think it's passed you by. Go officiate, and it'll give you a better a, a better aspect of the game. And it'll also make you realize, give you a little humble pie a lot of times because the the biggest comment I hear whenever a referee his first game walks out on the ice. They realize that instead of looking out your kitchen window as a player, now you're looking out a plate glass window because you're having to look at all the guys. And, and it's really easy to focus on one thing of having a puck if you're a forward than to look at everything going on in front of you. And and that's the, the aspect that they really pick out on. I wish that we had more officials or ex-players that would come into the officiating ranks because – I think a lot of them would be really good officials. Sure, they already know how to skate. They know the game. They can keep up with the with the run of play for the most part. They just got to know the rules and how to be, as you say, how to learn to have that consistency in their calls and not to be afraid to make a call. Well, that's the thing is, is that it's one thing to to be in the stands and go, "Oh, that's a trip," but to be in the stands and be standing in front of thirteen hundred people and call that trip, you know. The hardest thing I've ever had to do was working the BOK Center in the ECHL game, and and it being a third period, and it's a breakaway, you know, an out, a, a breakaway pass on the home team, and he's offsides to shut that play down. Yeah, because now you got nine thousand people in the building, and out of those nine thousand, probably five hundred of them know you. So you can bet your phone is going to be ringing off the yeah. hook after the game tells you how bad you missed that call. <laughs> and you're, yeah, you're public enemy number one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you know that you know you hear the proverbial Homer comment all the time. <laughs> yeah. And and I've told several coaches, even at the higher levels, and even had even some some levels up top. You know, they're like, "Oh, you're a Homer," and I'm like, "Coach, I got to live somewhere." You know, <laughs> whether I live in Allen, Texas, or I live in Wichita. Kansas, I've got to live somewhere. So yeah, yeah, I guess you could call me a homer because I do live in Tulsa, but that don't necessarily mean I'm, don't question my integrity on the ice because that's the worst thing you can do. Well, let, let me ask this, Chip. You've been to, uh, the, I'd say the what the three main rinks that you've gone to over the years, not in, at least at the college club level, have been what the Arkansas rink, the Oklahoma rink, and the Central Oklahoma rink. Is that fair? That's that's fair. Yep. What would tell? What is it about the Arkansas rink that you like? What is it about the Arkansas rink that you don't like? The Arkansas rink is probably the smallest ice I've ever seen, uh, as far as the surface skating surface. <laughs> so I enjoy that because I don't have to skate as far. You know, that, <laughs> that, that makes for a short night as far as on the old uh, Fitbit meter because you don't have to burn as many calories getting them down the ice. 
Um, the only drawback is is now you've got 10 guys on a small sheet of ice. So as you can tell, it's more clustered. So it's a little harder to see the penalties. If, if that makes any sense. Yeah. 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 I always but, see. Uh, you know, the thing about OU and UCO, both those rings are pretty much the same size and, uh, good fan bases. I enjoy, I, I usually do a lot of the D3 stuff early in the season before the D1 really gets kicked in only because I, I kind of do that to ramp up my conditioning before the D1 stuff, because I like the challenge of the D1 more. It makes me skate harder. So, you know, at any time you can get on an OU UCO series. I mean, if anybody ever turns that down, they're stupid because that's that, that, that that's that's a lot of fun. I mean, we have just as much fun as, as the players do. Trust me. You know, yep. I mean, if I'm not getting yelled at by one team, I'm not doing my job. If I'm getting yelled at by both, I'm really doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered if that 13 foot neutral zone out there in Arkansas would uh, throw you for a loop, but I guess you're saying that's pretty good because you don't have to go too far to call off sides uh, or or you know what icing I, what or anything. I do run into what I run into over in Arkansas is the Bisning team. Well, every game the Bisning team will go. This has got to be the smallest neutral zone I've ever seen, and and and. <laughs> It's funny because at some point during that weekend, there will be a guy that's three foot offside. And when he catches the pass and you blow it down, he will literally look at his feet and he'll, he'll just look at you and go, I thought I was onside. Because <laughs> it is such a small ring that it is. But I mean, but you know what? You got to adjust. And, and uh, that's why they got blue lines. Keep your head up. You know, I, watch I, the play. I think the old uh, Kansas Coliseum in Wichita used to be that way, where it had a tiny neutral zone, if I'm not mistaken. Well, uh, Tulsa had one when they played at the Civic Center. When they yep, played at the, the Civic, Civic Center. The Civic Center was small, too, yep. Yeah, it was probably the smallest. I think it was the smallest ice in the Central League. Now, you, and, now you're getting I, into Perry's wheelhouse. Yeah, is that is that where he was at? Was the the, the old Civic Center there? No, oh, yeah. He, he's just he's just old, busting my busting my the butt. The CHL yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. talking the about un, the underground days. Oh jeez. Oh, that, that was underground <laughs> there, boy. I'm telling you, I've seen some good games in that building. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. You so, know, seen some classics. Some good times. Well, let me ask you this: You've seen, you had the opportunity to probably see all of the WCHL teams that came through town, uh, whether they right. played at Central or at uh, or at Oklahoma this year. Um, what, I mean, was there any one team that stood out, whether it was standing up for a good reason, standing up for a bad reason? I got to believe that Colorado, you know, they've only won one game all year long. They're playing right now. They're on the ice. I don't even know what the score of that game is, but they've won one game and that's just got to be miserable, but they, they were a good, solid skating team. That Colorado's uh, record does not reflect their team. Uh, They came to town. I've got a good rapport with three or four of their players that I've known over the years. I mean, Eric Ballard, Eric Ballard which is a really good friend of mine, and uh, he moved on to some other things. And uh, I don't know where I, I remember where he's in Wyoming somewhere, but yep. he's moved on to some other things. As you know, as this level does, it, you know, you go up, down, whatever you want to do. But the, really, the team in Colorado, their ability does not reflect their record because of the fact that they were in the games at OU and UCO that I worked. And, and like I said, I, I, you know, I would put this conference up against pretty much any conference. Now, I don't work the Minot State and, and things of that nature. And they're a very good program, the Adrians and all that, because they're up in a different part of the country. But I do know that week in and week out here, <laughs> there are no gimmies, uh, to say the least. I mean, I mean, even Midland, I've watched Midland get better and better and better. And, and, and it, it all goes back to their coaching and, and, and the guys. And, you know, they don't come in with a, a quit, you know, I quit attitude. You know, I talked to the Colorado captains uh, briefly on the ice during warmups. And, you know, they said the same thing. They go, you know, we're just, you know, we're, we're right there. We're just not getting a W. And, I said, and sometimes it has to do with, it has to do with pucks bouncing around too. I mean, we could have had a totally different outcome on Friday night had the puck bounce one way or the other. Uh, for a team, and it just did. They just couldn't get the bounces. I mean, we talk about it quite a bit in the locker room. You know, it's like, oh man, if that puck would have been there, that'd have been a goal. Or you know, it, it is the luck of the bounce. And but I think that Colorado is definitely. They're. I mean, they're going to get better. They're going to bounce back. I mean, they just got to. They they just got to keep doing what they're doing, and and it'll 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 come. 
it'll come. Like I said, I, I, I think this division is really a solid division, and that's what I tell people in town. They're like, oh, well, what's this team ranked? I'm like, well, don't let them fool you. I mean, currently, I think what Iowa State's, what, 23rd or something? That's right. Yeah, right. Iowa yeah. State came to town, and, I mean, I can't remember what their series, what how they finished with UCO, but I, I know that their, their games were, I think they, didn't they take one of them? Uh, they, they, they lost both games here, but they uh, but but they were both one goal games. Yes, yes, I knew they were really close and really highly contested games. And but like I said, <laughs> you're talking about a 23 ranked team and a 10th ranked team, and they're one goal games. I yep. mean, that tells you what the parity is in this division. So I think that's why a lot of times you'll look at people's records and you'll go, "Well, why are they that? You know, why do you got this many teams from this division? You know, all clustered." And, and this 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 uh, record is not anywhere close to that record. I'm like because you don't understand the circumstances that go along with it by what the score of the game is and you know how highly contested they are. I mean, and that's why too we we get back as referees. It's like, dude, I can't. There's nothing worse than being an official and and missing something that could potentially cost that team a game. I mean that. I mean, like I tell people, if something happens and you miss a call. And it's a, a tie game with, you know, with two minutes to go in the game and you make a call or you don't make a call. I mean, e- either way, it's the same way. We still feel the same way that we don't want to be, we don't want to be the difference. We want the players to, we want the players to decide this game. We don't want to be, you know, everybody always says, well, the referees, you want to be invisible. Well, we, we do want to be invisible, but does that always happen? No, it doesn't always happen, but we really want that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tell tell me uh, what about the? I mean, Arizona has won the conference now for the past two years running. They're uh, they they repeated. They're now the back to back champions. Um, right. Yet when they came here to uh, Central uh, to play Central Oklahoma and to play Oklahoma, boy, they um, they had a, they had a difficult time. Well, and it, it's like I said, it just it just depends on the game. If you don't get the bounces, I mean, I worked. I think I worked the. I worked one game. <laughs> I think I worked one at each rink. Arizona. I think at Arizona, I was at OU one night, and then I was at UCO one night with Arizona. And like I said, it's you know it's just kind of like a draw on how the boys play. I mean, you know, if you get the one game that's on a Thursday night, and Arizona's drove in from the night before the the proverbial term of buck legs, you know, one of two things: either they're going to come out and be ready to play, or they're going to be tired. And the home team has got to jump on that if that's the case. But if they don't jump on it and they give them a chance to stay in the game, I feel like that <laughs> they're going to, you know, make, they're either going to do it or they're not going to do it. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, like I said, it, it, Arizona is, is coached very well. I have a lot of respect for their coach. And uh, he gets the most out of his boys. And and I feel like that it, it comes down to that as well. But, he knows when you come to town, when you come to o- o- or UCO, it's not, it, don't, don't look at those records. Don't look at the rankings because you're going to get a game. I mean, and, and it depends on who, who comes to play, if that makes any sense. It does. It does. Let, let me ask this. Um, have you ever had a coach, not necessarily in the ACHA, but just at all, have you ever had a coach who it isn't paying attention before the game and to who the referees are. And so when you come out there to do your hot lap right before the game and they're on the bench, you can just see them rolling their eyes or they just, you know, throw their hands up and they give up uh, immediately. They sit there and they think the worst. Uh, I've never had a referee or, I mean, I've never had a coach. I've never had a coach. I see that do that to me. Okay. Uh, per se. Um, I have seen coaches, lean down over the boards when I'm lining and go, Chip, what is this guy doing? <laughs> and, and, you know, at the end of the day, like I tell most coaches, I'm like, all right, first off, if they start yelling at me, first thing I say is, why are you yelling at me? I'm not calling penalties. And the other thing is, too, is if, if it's a young referee or young official, you know, most of the time if they're upset with them, I'm like, hey, man, let me get in the locker room. Let me talk to him. Let me see what he's seeing. And then we'll go from there. But, you know, the first thing we got to do is we got to get through the game. It doesn't do any good to it doesn't do any good to, to belittle a guy because what are you going to do now? Now you're going to now he's mad at you, yeah. you know. And if you're throwing your hands in the air, which is my probably biggest pet peeve, if you're trying to show me up, trust me, you're not going to show me up. 
because at the end of the day, I run the show. And, and that's what I tell them. Like, this is my game. And if you would like, I will ruin this game. And I've made that comment. And there's several coaches that have heard me made that comment. And you can ask them. They'll tell you that. If, if they feel like I'm not doing my job or, or if their players just aren't playing and they want to be knuckleheads, I will call the captains to the center. And I said, you know what? We're fixing to ruin this game because I'm going to call every penalty and you will not like this game. And But for the most part, I don't see – I haven't had a coach really – you know, if he does do that and acknowledge that he is, you know, showing himself out there to realize that they don't approve of that official, you know, that that's on that person there. But I, I've not really ever seen it to where it's been that that – you know, where I've noticed it that much, yeah. you know, I think at this level here for the most part in the, in the, uh, the junior ranks and the college ranks, I, I feel like that if they keep their opinions to themselves, if, if they're smart, they do. Because <laughs> I mean, what do you want to do? You're going to come right out and oh, you're sure. call this guy out before the game even starts. Yeah. Now, wait, I mean, that's what I understand about uh, some of the things that players even do. It's like, why do you want to, why do you want to be on the official's bad side right off the bat? Right. Yeah, yeah. Take a two-minute minor, go sit down, wait till he skates away, and then you can call in anything you want. And that's what I tell players. I don't care what you call me. Just don't do it when I'm standing here. That's it, because trust me, it's not going to fare well for you. I don't care what you call me when I get across the ice. Don't screen it. You, you can tell the, the, the penalty box attendant that what I am. I don't care. That's fine. You've got your opinions. Opinions vary. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you got to get through the game. It's a two-minute minor, you know? Yep. And that's what I tell players all the time. And, and, you know, one thing you will notice is the, the the coach teams that are really well coached, you watch the players, they're sitting on the bench. They're not standing up. Yep. And the ones, the teams that get rattled, they're the guys hanging over the bench. Yeah, uh, you got to act like you've been here. Yeah, I forget which team it was that came to town. I can't remember. I want to, I want to say it was Lindenwood. They were all sitting down, every one of their players. And one of the linesmen, which was relatively new, and he goes, I've never seen a team sit down the whole game. I said, you will on that bench. I said, mm-hmm. because that's, that's what kind of coach he is. He, he's a fair, um, and don't, I mean, he'll test you, but, but he, he's fair. And, and, uh, that's all you can ever ask for as an official, you know, but, but in the same, same regards as an official, if you make a mistake or you feel like you make a mistake, you have to own up to that. You have to go to that coach and go, Hey man, I totally missed it. The linesman told me it was a two minute minor. It wasn't a five major, so he can't call that penalty, but I did miss it. If you do that, it'll go a lot. It'll go a long ways. And the coach will tell you that too. Hey, just as long as you can admit you missed it. You know, I had a I had a call earlier this year. I called a, a, a boarding penalty on OU, and uh, it was against one of their captains. And over the years, if it had been two years ago, we'd have probably had a screaming match at each other. And uh, <laughs> I called him over to me. I, I said, I'm just going to say, gee. I said, gee, come here. And he came over there, and I looked at him, and I go, that is the absolute worst call I've called all year. And, and he looked at me, and he goes, as long as you know that, I'm fine. And I'm like, yep. I said, trust me, I know. And then hey, the coach uh, I had him come down. I said, I said, I'm just going to tell you the same thing I told Bird or told G. I said, hey, man, that was the worst call I ever called. And he just smiled at me and he goes, all right, as long as everybody knows. And I'm like, yep, everybody knows. Yep. But it was one of those things that now he realizes that oh, I just didn't see it good. My hand went in the air. And why it went in the air, I'll never know. But it did. You know, I mean, because sometimes it does. We get caught up in the moment. Yeah, you know? somebody just make a snap decision real quick. And... Well, you just put your hand in there, and then you're looking at your arm going, why are you in the air? <laughs> you know, I, I've done it. And and I think that that's one thing I do pride myself on is that I'm not afraid to tell you I make a mistake. Because I, I do. I mean, we're, we're, all, we're all human. I mean, if it was a perfect game, we wouldn't need officials. So, right. you know. Very nice, very nice. Well, hey, Chip, we appreciate you taking time out of your evening uh, tonight to, yeah, to no talk plan. to us to kind of 
help us out. And uh, I, I wanted to make sure that we did this once the season was over because I, I thought about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And then I said, ah, it's going to put Chip in a tough spot because if he's on the podcast, you know, we only have 11 listeners. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd be, I know some of them are on the Missouri State team, some of them are on the Oklahoma team. And I would hate to have put uh, uh, Chip XL in, a, in an awkward spot by, you know, talking about your standards or talking about, uh, you know, how you see things and then have to go defend that in the middle of a game, you know? So, right. uh, uh, so I, I wanted to wait until after, uh, uh, our regular season here was done before we, uh, before we did this, but I really do appreciate you taking time out of yeah. your day to, to, to talk. Yeah. More, you know, more I important- tell people all the time, yeah? you know, I tell people all the time that I put my skates on the same way as everybody else one at a time. And, and, you know, you know, you know, you, you get days when it's, you know, the coach will think you're angry. Oh, uh, you are you in a better mood tonight? I'm like, I was in good mood last night. It's just when I get my buttons pushed, I'm going to, my voice carries about three miles. <laughs> and yes, I'm not afraid to, I'm, I'm not <laughs> afraid to turn my volume up. And, and if I have to do that to control the situation, I will. But in the same sense, I'll come back down and talk to you and let you know that, Hey man, that wasn't my best game. And, you know, but, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, I, I, I just appreciate this very much. And, uh, you know, th- this yes. is going to be me, um, you know, buttering your biscuit here for just a quick second, because I, I always appreciate what you do for, for the two teams, the two Oklahoma teams and the Western collegiate league teams that come through town, because I do think that you're one of the better officials out there that we have, uh, because of the fact that you will talk and you will have a back and forth and you'll, You'll, you'll explain what it is that you saw, what it is you didn't see, or why you called something or why you didn't call something. And I, right. I, I don't think people um, uh, appreciate that very much because there are a lot of other officials around the country that just call something and then skate off to the other end of the ice. Um, yeah, don't talk to anybody. And- don't talk to anybody. And, you know, they, they just well, uh, give like it to you. And a lot of it is the younger officials because – they don't know how to handle those situations. And, and, and over time they'll figure out that like, look, that person's human too. You know, they just want to respond. Just let them know. Hey man, missed it. Sorry. Well, you know, I, I know I'm terrible. I mean, I get told that every weekend. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's a given. So, you know, you do what you do. So yeah. but, yep. but I appreciate it. And I enjoy doing what I'm doing. And, and, you know, that's one of the reasons where if I ever feel like that I'm, you know, doing the game and injustice, then I'll get out of it. But until then, uh, you're just going to put up with me. So. Yeah, I don't mind putting up with you. Yeah, no, no, that's awesome. You're, you're you're one of the you're you're one of the more fun ones that we have around here, and I always enjoy uh, giving you a hard time when you hit the ice, uh, especially for that hot lap of yours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Hey, that's Chip XL, official here in the ACHA, also in the Western States Hockey League, former East Coast uh, official. Chip, we appreciate your time. And uh, for being on the WCHL podcast tonight. Well, thanks yes. for having me. Thank you. You guys, you guys have a good night. Yep.